0: Justin, along with my cousins Derek and Tyler. We're recording this episode on Wednesday, August 2nd. Yes, August is here and so is fall practice. So what do we know about fall practice so far, guys? Very little. Derek, have you come across any interesting nuggets out of fall camp yet?
1: Boy, it's really been hard to find anything really intriguing, I guess. You know, uh, I I guess I hope John Perella gets his voice back at some point. That's about as uh, interesting as it gets. <laughs> there, there, there really isn't much. You know, I mean, you had the comments by the by the, some of the defensive guys talking about how hard they've been pushing it, even during the summer drills that the coaches weren't allowed to attend. Uh, we haven't heard much about the offense, but the defensive coaches were the ones that spoke last week or during Tuesday, after Tuesday's practice. Sunday, we heard a little bit about the running backs. Sounded like they were pretty good, I guess, but
0: They're in helmets. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, really, there's just not a whole lot to talk about. But, hey, football's back, boys.
0: Yeah, it it feels nice. Tyler, what do you think?
2: Derek, Derek, you're right. There is really not much going on. Uh, You know, with all the talk about how hard they're working, a lot of that I just feel is coach speech. Um, But, you know, one thing I found interesting on that is, you know, when they were talking about doing the three o'clock practices in the middle of the heat, and that sounds like that's a new thing. It seems like we're trying to get that bloodbath mentality that Mark Banker wanted so badly. But uh, the, the most interesting tidbit to me is it sounds like Clue is saying at safety. Um, you know, we, We've expressed concerns about that, leaving him there, and why we feel there'd be a better move. But when Bob Diaco thinks he could be the best safety in the country, I'm starting to understand why you leave him there. If, if he's really going to be that good, even a top five safety in the country, I get leaving him there because he wasn't a top-five cornerback.
0: It'd be nice to have an All-American candidate back there in the backfield.
1: Derek? I I guess the only thing I would say about uh, not having much to talk about is it kind of like the old saying goes, no news is good news. If we had something to break, then it's probably not good news when you're talking about just fall practice. Oh, absolutely.
0: So uh, last night we posted a poll question on our Twitter page. Uh, if you're not following us, follow us at Husker Cuzcast. Uh, our question was: How many times will Tanner Lee run the read option this year? Zero times, one to five, six to ten, and uh, ten or more. Uh, what do you guys think of this, Tyler? What do you think of that question?
2: I think it's going to be ten or more. Um, sure. I mean, I mean, this guy isn't a statue. I mean, he can move. And if you look at if he was going to run it 10, to- 11 times, that's one a game. I I, I think that the, the coaches feel comfortable enough, enough with him, even using him as a decoy, that they're going to use a read option a little bit, maybe two or three snaps a game.
1: Derek. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I understand he's got probably better legs than what he gets credit for. But this isn't a running quarterback for one for two. I can't see these coaches running a play that's going to possibly put him in danger of getting hurt. And I I could see him doing it maybe one or two times against Arkansas State just to throw Oregon for a loop. But outside of that, I just don't see this being a big part of the offense.
0: Yeah, I don't see it either. And I I kind of, uh, I'm kind of with you. I do want to see it in Arkansas State just to give Oregon something to think about. But yeah, I I don't know about, running him very I mean he is a big guy he is a big guy he can probably take a hit but I I don't know if I want our big man out there taking any unnecessary hits Tyler
2: yeah I mean what I would say is I almost think the opposite I almost don't want to see that in Arkansas State and I wouldn't mind seeing that on like a third and three at some point in the game against Oregon to catch them off guard they're not going to expect it now you can use that more as a trick play than as a regular piece of our offense. I, I, I would kind of like to see the read option implemented that way.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I, I, will say, I will say this. How funny would it be if a read option was the game winning touchdown against Oregon? <laughs> That'd,
0: <laughs> That'd be, be amazing.
1: It'd
0: be a lot funnier if it was the very first play out the <laughs> gate. <laughs> that game. I don't know. I was like, what? But uh, anyway, uh, you still have time to vote in this Twitter poll. I think it's uh, available for another 24 hours. Uh, With the votes that we have in right now, uh, our listeners or the people that voted, 17% said zero times, 45% said one to five, and 19% for six to ten times, and 19% for ten plus times. So the majority of everybody thinks it's uh, anywhere from zero to five. That's what everybody's thinking right now, but uh, get out there and vote if you haven't. So uh, Athlon's had an article this week. This is always a fun uh, article when I see this. The Big Ten coaches talk anonymously about conference foes for 2017. I love when this happens. You know, you get to see a little behind the scenes what what they really think about the teams. But there's some uh, very interesting jabs being put out against Nebraska. Uh, Let's talk about a few of these. Uh, One was... That job is a lot worse than it was a few years ago, and no one in the administration seems to recognize that. Tyler.
2: I think, I think they're right. I mean, if you, you look at where this program has gone since Osborne has left, you know, Solich came in, you know, he took it over, had some moderate success, and then we obviously blew it and got rid of him because we weren't having Osborne success. Then brought in Callahan, who burnt the thing down. Pelini came in and stabilized it a lot of ways, but created kind of a negative culture, and and that has carried over for Riley. I, I I just I agree. I think if you look at this program from even five to ten years ago, even from when Pelini took over, this program is in a lot worse state. Mike Riley has had a tough road. I I think that's a very fair comment.
1: Derek, I I personally think this is just a stab at Nebraska from Iowa myself.
2: I think
1: When, <laughs> w- when they fired Pelini and Sean Eichhorst mentioned that our state of the program was not just to beat Iowa, who we should be able to beat most years. I, I think this is just kind of their way of trying to get back at us. Maybe I'm wrong, but this sounds like a total Iowa cop out here.
0: Oh, when I read that comment, I read it in a Kirk Ferentz voice. I mean, it was it, it just sounding it just came straight out of his mouth. I mean, it's just like that's his way, you know, uh after i comments yeah not a, I, it, it seems like there's not a lot of respect for nebraska but,
2: but but do you guys think our program bottom line is do you think our program is in a bad situation worse than it's been in years
0: well yeah obviously i mean you know you can't go like 18 years without winning a conference title i mean we, we don't have any, we don't have any trophies all of our trophies have dust on them i mean that's Nothing recent, so I mean, look how many coaches have come and gone without getting any hardware. It's telling. It's not, maybe it isn't that great of a job, but you know, they need to throw some money at if they're going to make a coaching change, they need to throw some money at it, right? Not no, 2. absolutely. $7 million, but anyway, let's move on to this one. Uh, <clears throat> this is a little bit long. I'll, I'll rush through it. Bob Diakko is a huge risk with a huge upside. He's a guru more than a coach. When Notre Dame could put top-level talent out there, he could play the mind games and be all rah-rah. But this isn't that kind of environment. Some players might buy in, but they're simply not good right now. Against really strong offenses, they fell apart fast and they lost their technique. Almost like they played down to better talent. And that's coaching. Derek, what do you think about that one?
1: Well, I think whoever said this has no clue what the hell is going on in Nebraska. Because it sounds to me like he's blaming Diaco for our team falling apart against bigger teams last year. I, how is Diaco at fault for our team losing technique and and, and, and playing down to better talent? I, I think Diaco is the opposite. I think he will fire this team up and do good things with it. I, I think they will be fired up in games and, you don't have to worry about Diaco coming out and talking about being in a bloodbath practices. Huh. Tyler, what do you think?
2: Derek, I disagree completely on your take on this. I, I think the the coach who said this, I think they're looking at the state of the program saying, "Yeah, you're bringing in Diaco. He's a guy who's raw. He's going to be in your face. He just doesn't have the horses to run the race. I mean, he's in a situation. He's taken over a team that had last year... Failed under pressure, and he's going to try to mold them, and he may not have the talent to do that. And I, again, there's a lot of fear there because we saw that a little bit with Polini. You know, Polini, when he had the talent, ran a really good defense. When it fell apart, that rah rah and all that stuff led to undisciplined behaviors that fell apart in the big games. I, I, you know, I I think Diaco's a little bit more poised than Polini was, but there, there are some similarities there, and it definitely put a little bit of fear in me that heck. Maybe this team isn't ready to take that step under Diaco.
0: Yeah, I, I get that. I, I just I saw it as another jab at the coaching staff as a whole. Uh, you know, as, at, jab at Mike Riley because you know the uh, fish rots from the head down, right? And uh, just blaming you know everything they losing their technique, playing down to better talent—that's coaching. I mean, that 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 kind of hurts right there. Uh, I don't know why they say Bob Diaco is a huge risk you know he's a huge risk with huge upside that, that kind of struck a nerve with me I guess I, I think it's. I don't know if, about what risk that means I don't know if that means risk in this case huge upside yes I get it but uh, let's, uh, let's get one more here they're not recruiting in Florida and Texas and California the way they did in their glory years. Tyler.
2: Yeah. I mean, this, this comment to me just doesn't make sense. I mean, obviously this is where we've been recruiting and you know, there, there's an overall theme to this and, and, and I could take it one of two ways. One, all these teams are just taking stabs at Nebraska because we were a big boy. We've had a lot of success and we kind of still think we're at that program and maybe we've been rubbing some coaches the wrong way, the way we've been recruiting, the successes we've been had, and the attitude we walk into the room with. Or two, we're just so far off the map of these coaches, they don't know what the hell we're doing in Nebraska. They, they don't even pay attention to us. We're, we're are irrelevant to them. I don't know which way it is, but there is no way I believe this. If you look at the recruiting rankings, I mean, obviously we're going out in these states and trying to get talent. I
1: agree. Derek? Well you know the other part to me is this is the whole fault with this with this article. I, I'm, I'm a little curious to know who I mean who wrote the article and it, where's his bias at? I mean, every other team in, that, he, that he talked about had some positive spin to him. Even Purdue had some positive spin to him, and, and Ohio State had nothing but good things to say about them. Yeah. Are you going to sit here and tell me that nobody had anything negative to say about Ohio State? So it kind of makes me wonder how many comments were left out that might have been good about Nebraska. But as far as the recruiting goes, I mean, last year's class, we had three commits from California, Texas, and Florida. And this year, so far out of 10, and that, that was out of 20, so 9 out of 20 are out of those states. And so far this year, out of 10, we got two in California, one in Texas, and one in Florida. So how are we not recruiting in those states? So it seems to me this guy is either ill-informed or just wanting to say something that would strike a nerve with people, maybe. Could be. Tyler?
2: So, Derek, you mentioned the guy who's writing the article. I I don't know if it's the same guy, but it's the same publication. And last year they did the same article. And here are a few quotes of the coaches said about Nebraska. This job is not a rebuild. It's a teardown. The team will be better on offense, but still needs a recruiting class or two to really compete. And they have no one to pressure a quarterback on defense. And, and you listen to those coaches and you look back at last season. And I think those are a lot of the things we saw in the team. And they end up being a pretty accurate article to what our season was going to hold. And, and I agree that I, I wonder about the bias. But hell, last year they nailed it on the head. And, and it definitely makes you nervous about this year. Well, the fact the
1: fact that they said that our offense was going to be better ought to be a first key indicator. They weren't very spot on because our offense was not anywhere near as good as it. our offense was better in twenty fifteen.
2: Was it? Oh, I mean, yeah, we, had, I we had we had so. we had we had more rushing yards last year. We, I mean, with Tommy Armstrong healthy, I think our offense was better last year. We didn't score a lot of points. We didn't score a lot of points in two thousand fifteen. Yeah, but yeah, true.
0: Hey, I, I do. I want to. Uh, I'd like. I'd love to hash that one out here. But there, there's one quote. I said that we already had the last one, but I guess you know you're talking about the negatives, Derek. I guess the closest thing we have to a positive one is the one that says. Uh, now it takes a while to get to it, but so far it looks like Riley hasn't figured out what Bo Pelini couldn't figure out: how to make Nebraska culture happy on offense and recruit to that. This year they have a stronger O line. Get behind that and go. Tommy Armstrong leaving is a good thing for their steam. But they're young in the backfield. What, what do you guys think well, about
1: I'm not, that? I'm not sure if it matters what scheme. I think everybody's just pretty much happy to see Tommy Armstrong go.
2: <laughs> well, our other co-host Patrick may not be, but uh, <laughs> we miss you, Patrick. But you know, I, I I think that is a very very telling thing, and I think there's some truth to that. Um, you know, not only besides the offensive line being better, Tommy Armstrong leaving, you know, there there is some definite things of. You know, Mike Riley at this point hasn't done anything that Bo Pelini hasn't. Derek, you bring this up all the time. I mean, so far we've brought Mike Riley in to improve from Bo Pelini two years in. Recreating rankings haven't showed it and results haven't showed it.
1: Technically, that's not true. He has done one thing Pelini didn't do. And that was have a losing season.
2: Oh, my
0: God. All right. Let's let's move on to our uh, Big Ten East breakdown. So... For this, uh, similar like what we did in the opening show last year, uh, let's uh, talk about our top four, our bottom dweller, and surprise team. But let's start with the top four. Uh, Derek, why don't you start with your top four out of the Big Ten East?
1: Out of the Big Ten East? I, right now, I, just, I really struggle to not put Ohio State at number one. I, I don't see a lot of teams beating Ohio State this year. With a new offensive coordinator and that has head coaching experience, and he was known for his offense, he'll turn that offense back around. For number two, I had uh, Michigan. I, I know they're losing a lot of people, and I do have them at like nine and three on the season, but seven and two in the conference. And then for number three, I had Penn State, which. I had them with the same record, but I think I had uh, Michigan State with the head-to-head. And for number four, I had, surprisingly, Maryland. Wow.
0: Tyler, how did your top four look in the Big Ten East?
2: Yeah, you know, I think the top three uh, across the border to be pretty similar. I got Ohio State number one. I, I think they're going to be a probably an 11-win team this season. They're going to trip up somewhere whether that's at Nebraska or at Iowa or against Michigan, I think they're going to trip up. But with JT Barrett, Mike Weber, I mean, th- that team has some good offensive talent. Uh, Tyquan Lewis on defense. I mean, they- they've got talent. They've recruited well. Urban Meyer, the coaches, everything Derek mentioned, I think they're the best. I got Penn State second. I think they're a 10-win team again this year. Um, I think they'll lose at Ohio State, and then they'll probably find a game to lose either Maryland, Nebraska, or Iowa. Um, they go to Iowa and Maryland. I think that'll be tough to win both of those. But uh going to have another good year. They have four returning linemen, seven returns on defense. They're they're going to be solid again. Uh, Michigan, I have third. Now Michigan, I almost had going fourth. Um, I think they're going to be a nine-win team. But I mean, God, you look at some of that schedule with at Penn State, at Wisconsin, at or against Ohio State, Florida on a neutral site, Indiana, Maryland. Uh, I mean, they've got some tough games in there, and then the the fourth team I have Indiana, and Indiana I could see having a good run. Um, they're going to have a rough start of the year. They play Ohio State and Penn State early before their bye, but they get Michigan, Wisconsin at home. They don't play Nebraska, Iowa, or Northwestern. Uh, last year they had seventeen. The quarterback uh, had seventeen interceptions. And six or seven losses, they had multiple turnovers in the game. I mean, if they could cut back on turnovers, they had a good offense. And speaking of that article, one of the coaches said, besides Ohio State, Indiana had the most troublesome offense. I I could see that team getting a 7-8 win season this year. It would be that fourth team out of the East.
0: Yeah, they, they played a lot of good ball. I got Ohio State, number one. I think they, you know, just like every other year, I have them going undefeated. I got Penn State. Number two, 11-1, and 8-1 in conference. I do have Indiana as my number three team. I have them at 9-3 and three overall and 6-3 and three in the conference. And it's for the same reasons that you're saying, Tyler. It's all because of the scheduling. I think their scheduling with their, with their experience comes back. I understand that they have a new head coach, but there's a lot of talent on that team. And if their defense gets – I mean, they played a lot of people close. Just like I like Indiana for their scheduling for the third place team, I got Michigan at number four at seven and five, five and four in the uh, conference. And it's just based off of scheduling. I think uh, Indiana knocks off Michigan to give them that little swing right there. Uh, that's, that's how I saw it.
2: So, Derek, Derek you're that's the outsider cool. here. Derek, you, you, you're down on Penn State this year. You obviously didn't have Indiana. What are you seeing different than us?
1: Well, you know, first off, I think Penn State. I said I've said this before. I think that with a target on their back, they're a little more beatable than people are giving them credit for. So I don't think Penn State's can be quite as good as they were last year. And as far as uh, like playing Michigan, Michigan stomped the hell out of them last year, and I just don't see Penn State being able to recover from. I mean, I th- I still think Michigan probably is a better team. Uh Indiana I to I guess the new head coach they're still Indiana. They have no <laughs> defense. Uh actually to be honest with you I have Indiana and Maryland both with 6 and 6 records. But I had Maryland having the the head to head on that one. But and you- and, the, and the reason the, the, the big I guess the biggest reason I had uh Maryland winning that game is cuz it's at Maryland. It's homecoming for Maryland. And I Homecoming matters. Yeah, it's, I, I, I think I, teams I, get up for it a little bit. I, I do think it but, plays a little last bit of a factor.
2: But last year's Michigan-Penn State game was in Ann Arbor. This year, so, it's in Happy Valley. Um, you know, you, you look at the returning talent from Penn State versus Michigan. I mean, Michigan's going to be bringing a lot of new parts this year, and I know they've recruited well. And I, I do have a lot of respect for Harbaugh, even though I think he is borderline sociopath. Uh I, I just I, I just you know I there's a lot of fear with Michigan this year, especially if they lose to Florida off the bat. I, I don't See,
1: and I, and, and I and I have Michigan losing to Florida right off the bat. I do too. See, just I, just because I, just because of the inexperience in that first game. But I think as as, as the season goes on they get that experience. Because after Florida they have Cincinnati Air Force and Purdue and I'm not going to guarantee Cincinnati or Air Force would be easy games for him, but they should be winnable games. Purdue should be a mop game. I got Michigan State. I mean, I think that's pretty much a... I mean, Michigan State will play him tough just because it's Michigan State, but, I mean, come on. I, Michigan but, but State's here, not going to be good.
2: But here's my thing on Harbaugh is I don't know how he is going to deal with that Michigan media if he does not get off to a hot start. He is very... Bo Pelini-esque in the way he handles with the media. He's very quirky and I just, I don't know if he's going to create a culture that's going to fail. And again, I still think Michigan's going to have a good year. I, I'm not down, but there is a lot of fear with that program this season that I could see a collapse. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and you know, I, I also picked, uh, I mentioned I had Indiana, Indiana over Michigan. You know, Indiana, they have a bye prior to playing Michigan. And uh with, with everything that Michigan is trying to replace, you know, it's that's going to be a lot. That's, that's going to be I, I just, a burden, I think. I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think, plus the way that they're scheduled, you know, Tyler mentioned who they go on road to. You know, they go, they go on the road to Penn State at Indiana, at Wisconsin. I mean, those are some, those are some tough games right there. And I, I do want to say this about Penn State before I, I turn it over to you guys. Derek, I think Penn State is probably one of the most fierce teams that we're going to play outside Ohio State. Their offense is going to be loaded. They are going to be juggernauts on offense. And you know what? Yeah, they they got killed, but they played with a hell of a lot more confidence later half in that season. I mean, they were a completely different team the second half of the season than they were in the first team. Because none of us, you know, the, the media, they weren't picking, they weren't high on Penn State last year, but they started knocking off some people and, you know, they start to keep collecting wins. Now they got the confidence headed into this year. I think that's what's gonna be different.
1: True, but they also have a target on their back because everybody knows they're good now. Yeah. So people are gonna bring their A games for these guys.
2: So speaking of that. I, I do art- think
1: that makes a big difference.
2: So speaking of the Athlon article, if you talk about people not preparing for it, if you read the Athlon article two thousand sixteen, the Big Ten coaches respected the hell out of the James Franklin. They they were talking about how they thought they could be a 10-win team last year. I mean, no one had a bad thing to say about Penn State. They thought they were going to be better without Hackenberg. Like, the Big Ten coaches saw this coming. Yeah. Like, while the media and we slept on Penn State last year, the coaches did not. I mean, they, they knew what Penn State was going to bring. And, and I, I do. I think James Franklin is a hell of a coach. And I, I'm... You know, while I'm definitely not rooting for them, I, I am not sad to see their team success. I mean, especially with that program has gone through with the scumbag of uh, Joe Paw leaving. And I, I just I, I think that it's nice to see them going around. And, and I think you and we need to mention Tracy McSorley, who yeah. could very well be a guy who's going for the Heisman this year. I mean. They, they have some great talent this year, and i I do think them in Ohio State was almost a coin flip and I gave the edge to Ohio State because it's in Columbus. yep and Justin you said Ohio State's undefeated and and they very well could be going undefeated i just I find it really hard to see a team in today's college football going undefeated it It's hard for me to predict that
0: well so I, I just looked at on paper the way that the schedule lines up, I think it bodes well for them i mean. It looks like they're going to be favored in every single game that they play this year. You know, I mean, we'll know right away in the second game when they play Oklahoma this year what kind of team that they really are.
1: But are, are we? I, I, I mean, think we, they're going to. We blast thought the same Oklahoma. thing last year when they blasted Oklahoma.
2: Yeah, and I think when they got
1: it. when they got in the playoff, they had no offense whatsoever. Well, I mean, that's they true. They were too. they were they they were two sides of a coin between the Oklahoma game and by the end of the season.
2: Yeah. I mean, the key with Ohio State is JT Barrett. I mean, we, we know what kind of talent he can be. Last year, you could argue he regressed and got worse. Um, and I'm going to blame Beck for that because I don't think he's that good offensive coordinator. They brought in a better experienced offensive coordinator. I think he's going to right size and get back to where he was and I, with under Herman. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of success for them this year.
0: All right, uh, let's talk about the bottom. Who do you guys have uh, dragging the bottom of this Eastern
1: Conference? Derek. Well, you know, (laughs) it's hard to pick against Rutgers in this one. (laughs) (laughs) And I I feel bad for Chris Asks. You want to talk about having a bad job. I think this is a bad job. Like, Rutgers just doesn't belong in the Big Ten, I don't think. Yeah, I recruit especially especially in their location. They're up there in that northeast, but they're recruiting against Ohio State, Penn State. And how do you get these guys? How do you convince somebody to come to Rutgers, Shiano. What do what do do you tell them? Hey, we played the first college football game ever.
0: (laughs) That's a that's a worthy nugget, you know.
2: That is a good (laughs) nugget.
1: I mean, but are are you getting recruits out of that? Really?
2: No. Tyler, who but do you but have? it's Rutgers. They they don't deserve to be in the Big Ten. I mean, they're they're a terrible team. Uh, the one thing I'll disagree with Derek is I don't think that's a bad job. I I, I do think Chris Ash is a good coach. Um, I don't know if he's a good recruiter. New Jersey has a lot of talent. Pennsylvania has a lot of talent. You should be able to pick enough guys out of that region to have a good roster. And he is getting beat every way. I mean. The, the, they, I mean, again, going back to the Affleck article, I, I think as bad as Nebraska got beat down, no one thinks Rutgers is any good. They, they, they are probably the worst team in the Big Ten, and they might be the worst team at any power conference. I, have well, I, th- um, I, still think, I still think there's a lot of people
1: out there going, you picked Rutgers to come to the Big Ten? Yeah. Like, I mean, it just didn't, it didn't seem like it fit.
0: Well, they did it for, you know, the, they did it for TV markets. Because they
1: wanted that New York market. That's that's the only reason they picked these guys. Well, nobody up.
0: gives a shit about Rutgers football. <laughs> that's the, that's <laughs> the bad
2: thing. Yeah, I, guess. I mean, let's put it this way: people in New York, if they're going to watch Rutgers against Indiana or Ohio State against anyone else, they're going to watch Ohio State versus someone. They're yeah. they gain no new viewers in the Big well, Ten. Well, let's not forget that most New Yorkers hate New
1: Jersey. So I don't know that we're really gaining much by this. I mean. <laughs>
2: Should have went after Syracuse. Yeah. <laughs> Probably would have been a better pickup, yes. Better better basketball, at least.
0: Well, for what it's worth, I agree with you guys. I got Ruggers. I got them 0-9 in the conference. Uh, let's talk about surprise teams last. Do you guys have any surprise teams? Tyler, what's your surprise team?
2: I think it's Indiana. I mean, I mentioned them in my top four. Um, this is a team that I think most people think is going to be a 6-7 win team this season. And and I got them getting to that eighth win. I I don't think there's going to be a Penn State. Justin, you you've talked about this. Is there going to be a Penn State from last year? And and I don't see it. I don't see a team coming from a what we think is a six seven win team. Um, I think Indiana is my surprise team. A team that has the capability that I almost went with is Michigan State. I I do think D'Antoni is a good coach. I I think you know it last year. I got. I think could be a blip in the radar. I don't see them winning games, but it wouldn't shock me if at the end of the day they end up being a nine-win, ten-win ten team.
0: Michigan State.
2: Yeah, it just you know they've had so much success. I mean, you you look at the last, throwing out last year, the two years prior, they were Big Ten championship contenders. They they made the playoffs. I mean, they they, they they've had a good program. And while I don't see them being there and they're not my surprise team, it wouldn't shock me if I saw them take a giant step forward this season.
0: You know what? With the crappy team that they had last year and with what they were returning this year and who did not get arrested for sexual assaults, there's just nobody left on that program. I mean, I think Michigan State is in a world of hurt. I had them pegged going 4-8 this year. I just don't see any upside there. I mean, they're going to be – I think that they're going to be – it's going to be a reach just to get bowl eligible, I think. Uh, Derek, you're surprised. Well,
1: as much as Tyler likes to give me hell about some of my dumbass picks, Michigan State being successful this year, that is the biggest dumbass pick I've heard all year long. I actually have Michigan State as my surprise team, but because they're going to be so terrible. (laughs) <laughs> I, did, I, 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 they, have, they have eight guys returning on, between offense and defense and their team was terrible last year where do you see them improving they're, they're under such a, so much scrutiny with the sexual assault charges I, I can't see this I can't see any scenario where Michigan State improves I think they'll probably end up knocking somebody off like a Notre Dame but I'm not convinced Notre Dame is going to be a great team either they they may pull an upset. Between, I think I have them upsetting Northwestern, but I think that's like one of the only two wins that I have them winning in the whole Big Ten. And the only other team I haven't beaten is is Rutgers.
2: <laughs> wow. Can, can we can we shit on Rutgers more? Uh, no. <laughs> I, guys, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I guess where I'm coming from is if you look at the coaching, you look at the pedigree of the program. It is very hard for me to believe where they were two years ago for them now to be a consistent four- or five-win team. And, and I, I, again, I can't name one player on Michigan State that hasn't been convicted of sexual assault. Uh, but, <laughs> but you know what? I think they all have. <laughs> but, Tony, he's been around the block. I mean, again, I don't see it. But, if come November, if that team's an eight-nine-win team, I'm not sitting here saying, God, that's a shocker of the college football
0: season. You know, between all the Michigan State players and Baylor prisons that will be in jail, that would be a hell of a longest yard (laughs) remake, wouldn't it?
1: (laughs) Do you think they could build a prison just for those two schools? Wow. They're working on it.
0: Hey, I got Indiana as my uh, surprise team, by the way. I mean, no shocker. I I got them going – picked third in the Big Ten East, nine and three and six and three in conference. Uh, that's, I'm kind of rooting for this uh, thing to happen with Indiana, see if they can knock off some of these big boys, especially the Michigan. That way I can do the, I told you guys that. I told you guys so. But, uh. <laughs> but anyway, we got to wrap it up, guys. So that's it for us tonight. Be sure to follow the Husker Cast on Facebook and on Twitter, at Husker Drop us a comment, good or bad. Or you can email us at huskercuzzcast at yahoo.com. You can catch all of our episodes on Podbean and on iTunes. And on behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And we'll be back next week. And as always, go Big Red.